it is episode 68, which means we are inching ever closer to the ever-elusive, ever-popular episode 69. Nice. Which we, we have some we have we have some ideas on I, what to do. None of them are good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we will have fun like we always do. Oh, I'm now terrified. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm come at you with some shit, okay? That's, that's two that's weeks from fine. now, though. We got we got a lot of stuff in between. You got an anime recap you gotta do. Oh, yes. Uh, I, you know, I think when you when you finish Chainsaw Man, I do actually want to talk about Chainsaw Man. I just read all of part one of Chainsaw Man, and like, it, it was it was in two sessions spread over like three or four days, I think. And um, it was in seventy two hours. Wow, that shit was good. I want to talk about it. <laughs> that anime is happening at some point. I want to talk about it. Yeah, um, I'll finish it, and then we can... It'll be a perfect segue into talking about the anime once we figure out exactly when it airs. I'm guessing it's the fall season, just because I'm not seeing... It. If it was the summer season, it would literally start in a week, so I don't think it's next season. But for some reason, my anime list doesn't have it on their site at all, for whatever reason. So we have like no idea when it actually is going to start airing. But look forward to that. Maybe next week or next time we re- nope that won't be next time because that's that's the sexy sexy time <laughs> podcast baby. that's the sex number podcast yeah nice do you remember when we first started this podcast back in 2020 and oh my god and we did a whole episode on the end of the B stars manga yeah can you believe that no <laughs> <laughs> feels like I mean it was a different time but it feels like a different time you know. Yeah. Pod- podcast has changed ever so slightly. I feel like we wouldn't we wouldn't do something like that now, and yet we are about to because I really like Chainsaw Man. But at least it's relevant. Well, and also I don't know if we'd spend an entire episode. We spent the entire episode, I think, talking about B Stars. We had a lot of which fun. is which is something that like I don't know, no one gives a shit about except for us. Right? Yeah. It was it was a very very slim, very slim window of people. I mean, at least Chainsaw Man has a lot of... Like, it is one of the most popular manga. Like, if you go and go to top manga on my anime list, I think it's in the top... Okay, it's not as high as I thought it was. Um, Okay, I'm still going. I haven't found it yet. Oh, fuck, shit. Okay, I'm a liar. I think that might just be because uh, they haven't published a chapter in a while. Because at least I know that as I was going through the chapters, like, almost every single cover of that manga was like, wow, thanks for buying enough that I have to print more, and thanks for voting at number one in the This Manga Rocks poll, you know? Okay, so it's number 44 on top manga on my anime list, and it's number five in popularity. Damn. That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. It's popular. It's a good manga. Everyone should read it. I mean, if you're if you're not averse to gore, because wow. <laughs> yeah, you don't even yeah. know yet, Hayden. No, no, I don't. I know I don't. I know I don't, but I also know. Uh, but <laughs> I, do, today, I know, I know, but I don't. But today we're we're here first to talk about something that I didn't really like. Hell yeah, that's like the tra- or the trash chase. This is like a healthy obsession special, baby. <laughs> so so Lightyear came out a few weeks ago, and uh, and and I think I'm just gonna echo what a lot of the reviews are saying, uh, and it's it's not great. It's not an amazing movie. 
which, which like is mostly fine. But like you know, it's just me being stuck in this whirlpool that I'm constantly in because I I am uh, I am a self-professed hype goblin and and I and I think that everything is gonna be way better than it is because I'm a sucker for marketing. And I really, really liked the idea of Lightyear, and I thought it was going to be so fucking cool. And for, like, 30% of it, it was. Now, I don't want to get too spoilery, especially not here at the front of the podcast. Uh, so I, I'm not going to talk about specific events. Maybe we'll revisit this at some point, and I'll, I'll go off on a rant about it. But, but more or less, <laughs> to, to just cover the bases... Mostly what I'm disappointed about and mostly what I think all the problems for the movie stems from is that we and and this seems to be a hard concept for some people to wrap their heads around and I'm not totally sure why but 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 the thing about the movie is and and they tell you this up front in the movie they say in 1995 Andy got a toy it was from his favorite movie this is that movie. It's not a simple concept, but it's easy to grasp. More or less, we are supposed to be watching a sci-fi movie in 1995 starring the character Buzz Lightyear, which the toy Buzz Lightyear is based off in the Toy Story universe. That's a dope fucking idea, especially as somebody that grew up watching the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command animated series. That's pretty much exactly what I wanted, and that is very far from what we ended up getting. Oof. And basically, it's just because the movie, you know, it comes with this promise of being uh, an in-a-vacuum sort of experience for the Buzz Lightyear character. And it's supposed to be something that was published in 1995. And and then they, they just kind of, they didn't do that. And they made it real 2022 with a lot of, like, what seems like corporate involvement that made the story way less interesting than it should have been, and the writing had way more plot holes than it should have had because it should have been a much, much simpler story. And a, ki- a kid's movie that came out in 1995, you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, like Pixar, you already did this. We had Toy Story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and mostly, the uh, the pacing in the movie almost lends itself better to be a series because the movie feels like five different sequential MacGuffin hunts, which doesn't feel great on screen. And that also means that there's not a whole lot of time for real character development. And even when they do get that character development, it's almost like they had a different writer write the next scene and they just either forgot or weren't informed that the other writer had developed a character. And so then they're just reverted back immediately. And, and if you're going to introduce all these new characters, then, then it's like, if they were so important to the story, then why weren't they toys shown in the Buzz Lightyear aisle in Toy Story 2? And of course, I mean, this is like, like, yeah, it's a movie they made almost 20 years later, so they couldn't have seen into the future. But also, like, you had really simple material to work with, and you decided to muck it up with your bullshit. Like, yeah, Buzz isn't going to have a fucking Woody's Roundup arc because Buzz isn't the main character of Toy Story. But for God's sake, if there's three, four, five other characters that were so important to the story of this movie, then why was the aisle in Al's toy barn wall-to-wall Buzz and not even a fucking, a, 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 um, you know, a, a fucking any of the other Space Ranger accessories or something, you know? Sexism. <laughs> and they, they gay-kissed, you know? 
You yeah. can't have that and, in 1995. <laughs> and you know what happened because of that? The Supreme Court took away women's rights. So, you know, <laughs> we're fucked. Um, but yeah, Damn, so I- that was actually a fucking amazing joke, but I feel like an awful human being for making it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, yeah. So more or less, uh, 5 out of 10 movie. Uh, Chris Evans <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> it's fine, whatever, fuck it. I have not seen it, so I have no uh, strong opinions to give. Um, so yeah, I just, you know, this is Chris's, Chris's time here. Yeah, and I'm trying to dance around it, because again, I don't want to talk too specifically, so I feel like my criticisms aren't going to feel very valid, but... Chris Evans fucking nails it as Buzz, and I wish he got a better movie to do it. And there's probably going to be a sequel, and that honestly pisses me off more. Damn. But what if they in- introdu- institute introduce uh, the char- some of the characters from the TV show? That would be dope. That's what they should have done. If the yeah. thing was just a Buzz Lightyear of Star Command movie, that would have been, like, the most realistic thing. Because e- even... Like, did you ever watch the the cartoon? I've watched a couple episodes, but not a whole lot. So the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command cartoon series hit, like, during a time when Disney was really cranking out animated shows. And a lot of those were, uh, they they were also, like, direct-to-DVD releases where, like, I know Beauty and the Beast had this as well, and I think Lion King had it, where you have an, or Timon and Pumbaa had it. You had an animated series that had a three-episode arc. That was how they premiered the show. And then those three episodes were then released as a movie on a DVD. The Buzz Lightyear Star Command movie opens with a frame narrative of the toys from Toy Story turning on the TV and watching Buzz Lightyear Star Command. So if they just did that, then it would have fit perfectly in with the idea they were trying to go for because they already did it. And honestly, I that was kind of the vibe I got from the the trailers is that that was the kind we were going to get that sort of origin story movie. And it, from what you've said, that's kind of just like you kind of get that. Yeah, but it's also not that. I mean, at the same time, it definitely is an origin movie, but all the specifics of it also feels like a direct retcon of Buzz's character. Ooh, it's like, oh, yeah, you know, the TV show. Fuck that. And also, fun fact, uh, Patrick Warburton did the voice for Buzz after those three episodes. They only got Tim Allen for the pilot, and then they had to switch to Patrick Warburton afterwards. That makes sense. That would have been a really expensive children's TV show. Yeah, for the time. That's why Alec Baldwin doesn't voice the baby in the Boss Baby TV show. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the reason, like, a year ago. Now we got other reasons. Yikes. There's been a lot of yikes happening in the world, you know? Hey, that was a while ago, but yikes. It's just, can we just, you know, not be awful? I don't think we can. I think I think we are a, a hurtling train off the rails towards apocalypse. Well, don't worry. I mean, we're all going to die from climate change first, so that's the only thing that gives me solace is that, you know, what's going to come first? Am I going to get shot or am I going to die of climate change? Or am I going to be labeled a fascist and murdered in the streets? One of those three things is how I'm going to go. And I've already made, you know, I've already made the whatever the phrase is. I, I've accepted that. <laughs> okay, this has got really weird really fast. Um, So, anything else on Lightyear? I don't think so. 
Are we jumping right into our main bit? Yeah. Oh, wait. Okay, hold on. Wait, hold on. I remembered something that I wanted to talk about. I think last week when we did the Summer Games Fest recap. I keep saying last week. Last time we recorded. Um, hey, Netflix. Was it Netflix that I had a bone to pick with? Yes, I, I Netflix. I think it was Netflix. Why the fuck are you now deviating from your release schedule of, like, put it all out at once? Why do you think now you can split seasons up in little in two in two batches and call it like part one and part two of the same season? And the thing that got me on this was fucking Stranger Things, which, if you don't know, volume two I think is what they're calling it, or part two of season four, uh, uh comes out this weekend, uh, so it'll finish the season. But um, what what the fuck? What are we doing? This is like Netflix's whole shtick is they put everything out at once, and if you and like okay, if you're gonna deviate, because you know this is where this was going with me bringing it up, get your shit together with anime for fuck's sake, please, please. But anyway, yeah, I don't really know why Netflix is making this shift to releasing stuff in bunches because they also did this with Ozark where they released like half or three-fourths of the season and then you have to wait like another month or two before the rest of it comes out and I just don't know like who out there is like yeah that's how I want my content released you know either binge it all release it all at once or go back to what everyone else is finding is the better way of doing it because you stay in the conversation longer and go back to appointment viewing of our episode's going to release at this time or this day on streaming. Like, I don't know. Netflix Netflix has got a lot of issues, and the last thing they need is to be fucking up how they're releasing their content. It's, it's just mind-boggling to me. I can't figure it out. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this. Uh, I'll just say it does feel like they are failing to find middle ground between what they have always done and what all the other streamers are doing, Uh, at least insofar as Amazon and Disney Plus are concerned. Uh, Because, you know, both of those either just wrapped or are currently airing uh, very, very big, very in-the-news series with Kenobi on Disney Plus and The Boys on Amazon, where both of those are released weekly, maybe with a chunk of episodes dropped all at once. Um, yeah. I, I don't know which version is better, but I did always like, in the early days of streaming, in the early days of Netflix making their own content, I thought it was so interesting that they would drop the entire season at once. Because that changed the way we all watch television it directly changed the way we all wanted to watch television and now it's almost like they're they're starting to compromise on that but they're also not wanting to commit to the compromise and it does leave shows in kind of an awkward lurch yeah i i don't know i've always i've always stood by appointment television is the way to go I, I like binging stuff, don't get me wrong, um, but I just think from what releasing a show week to week does in the conversation centered around any show makes it, well, like for us, for instance, 
a lot better for weekly content drops. Like if more shows, more premium type shows were released week to week, we'd probably go back to doing a weekly podcast because we'd be, I'd be watching a lot more shows. Because it's like you, you, you. Once you get caught up, it's oh, it's an hour, one once a week rather than like I need to spend ten hours to catch up on this show. But yeah, I it'll be interesting to see what Netflix. I I need to look in to see what they're doing with Umbrella Academy and see if if they're releasing that all all of that at once or if that too was also uh, gonna be split up, but. It's just, yeah, I just, I don't get it. So, uh, what we're wanting to do this week to coincide with the release of Lightyear and also in in a not-so-thinly-veiled attempt at me getting Hayden to watch Coco, which did fail, uh, we are going <laughs> to present our top seven Pixar movies. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna list the ones that are actually good and not massive disappointments like Lightyear. Hell yeah! But you still didn't watch Coco. Nope. And and as you as you revealed to me five minutes before we started recording, you have seen exactly two Pixar movies in a post Cars two world. Yeah, it's really in a post Toy Story three world because I don't think I sat down and watched all of Cars two, but it was just like my mom would have it on HBO when I was in high school on weekends, so I've just seen all of Cars two regrettably <laughs> yeah i was gonna say i mean if you were gonna skip cars too that's okay that's justifiable that is more yeah no correct. i'm not trying to make it seem like i sat down and decided <laughs> to watch cars too i i have just through osmosis i've seen all of cars too because i think i think my mom actually likes cars too <laughs> man moms have such shit movie taste that's what i'm saying <laughs> mom's so, yeah my my list's gonna be wild, and uh, my my seven and six picks were made just to piss Chris off. <laughs> God damn it! But that's okay. Um, you know, if we were if we were doing a tier list, then it might be kind of an issue that you hadn't seen so many. But we're just, we're just ranking our favorite Pixar as they were sharing them, so that that's okay. If your if your experience with Pixar is early two thousands and nineties, then then sure, that's your top seven. You gotta you gotta watch Coco though. Because I'm telling you, it's gonna be up there. If you watch Coco and it's not in your top seven, you are you do not you are not in possession of a heart, my friend. Oh well, jokes on you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, okay, so we'll start at seven. We'll work our way okay. up. We'll go back and forth, and then I got some honorable mentions I want to talk about. One of those is not Lightyear. Okay. So, what is go, your my... number seven? Inside Out. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Mostly because it looked really, really cool, and I've always wanted to watch it. I just haven't. And my little cousins fucking love this movie, and so I know I would like it. I just haven't seen it yet, and um, I do think I my seven and six picks are as if I'd seen them. So I think that should be a hint at what six is gonna be. I'm gonna um, kick down your fucking door. <laughs> <laughs> See, I told you this would piss them off. Um. I don't know. I mean, if if I was going like legitimate wise, I'd probably be a Bugs Life at seven, but uh, I'm going with Inside Out. <laughs> Wild. Okay. Um, I think my number seven is kind of a controversial pick, uh, and I mean it's definitely one that you haven't seen, 
Uh, but oh, my... fuck, it's the good dinosaur, isn't it? <laughs> it is not. The good dinosaur is actually one that I have not seen. Oh. Uh, but I think it was also kind of a middling movie, so it probably wouldn't be here. But I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just have poor taste, too. Who knows? My number seven is Monsters University. Oh, see, I need to see that because I've heard that's really good. When it came out, I didn't hear good things about it, and I and I kind of understand why, but, and I, I may have expressed this specific opinion on the podcast before, I don't remember, I'm a big sucker for taking things and, and making them very directly something else. So in this case, oh. they took Monsters, Inc. and made it a 1980s college movie. <laughs> just, just <laughs> and it kind of bangs. What's the? Uh, well, I can't believe I'm for, or now. Uh, Animal House. They yeah, made it, there you they go. Made it Animal House, but with monsters. Pretty much, because Mike and Sully join a fraternity and have to <laughs> make their way through Scare College. That's funny. And I think I think it's a fun movie. Like, is it Pixar's best? No, absolutely not. Is it Pixar's seventh best? Probably not. But I really like it, and it's kind of a comfort movie. And, and because it has that 1980s vibe, it was a cool little bonding thing for me and my mom because she really dug it for the vibes there. Um, big big recommend on Monsters University if you haven't seen it. At least give it a chance. For all of those exact same reasons, at number six, I have Coco. You fucking <laughs> animal. Uh, mostly just because you say it's so good. And literally everyone who I know who've seen it says Coco is fucking amazing. And Coco would honestly probably would easily probably be in my top five. Um, if I'd seen it, but for, uh, for respect to its name, I'll put it in my list and put it at number six. Uh, this, this doesn't have any bearing on my list since this is not a, a criticism list and it's just a favorites list. But I think that Coco objectively might be the best movie Pixar has ever made. Ooh. Like, if we were doing a tier list, Coco is an easy S, and it might be the only S. Or if I had to put some others in S, Coco is S+, plus, baby. Bro, I have issues. See, I need to see it so then I don't like it, and then we can f- actually fight. Yeah, and then I'm going to take you outside by your hair. <laughs> <laughs> what hair, bitch? I don't have Fuck. any. <laughs> <laughs> Man, do yourself a favor. Watch Coco. Good movie. I meant to last week, and then the anime season ended, and I had to watch everything. (laughs) And so I was like, "It was you sent me the thing a reminder. We're doing the we're doing this top seven. I went fuck. I never watched Coco. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My number six feels more and more prescient by the day, uh, because it is a story of the proletariat rising up against their masters and the means of production. And that's Bugs, Bugs Life. Life. Fuck yeah. Fucking love Bugs Life, bro. Bugs Life was uh, probably the first Pixar movie I ever saw. Which, I mean, granted, it was like their second or third movie they ever made, so it makes sense. Um, everyone remembers the short that played before Bugs Life. It was the old man playing chess. Everyone yeah, loves one. Everyone loves Jerry's Game. That's a good short. And then uh, I also remember... Uh, did you, did you, when you were a kid, do you remember the discs of, like, eight demos you could get through, like, video game magazines? Y- yes. Yes. I, I had a demo disc for the PS1 that had a demo for the Bugs Life video game. And for some reason, I know, looking back on it, that was a piece of shit movie tie-in game. But for some reason, I played the shit out of that demo. 
Oh, I I think I rented the actual game. It sucked. <laughs> it was not good because I would I would rent and play all of those uh, TV show and and movie spinoff games like the Rugrats games, bro. Mm. Mm. Peak content. Yeah, I do remember those actually being pretty good. I also actually liked the Finding Nemo video game on the GameCube. I actually had a pretty good time with that. I never. Once it got that far, see, I only played them on like PlayStation. And then once we got to, oh, I played some on PlayStation Two. I played some Jimmy Neutron games. Night of the Quinkin, bro, game sucked. <laughs> uh, but I think a Bug's Life has aged tremendously well. And uh, and like I said, I think that, or at least I hope that people are starting to wake up to the message of that movie. And I think it's very very important for the times we're living in. Um, and and frankly, an untapped meme goldmine. Yeah, how do we not have more Heimlich memes? Absolutely. Heimlich is just as quotable as the entirety of Mad Max Fury Road. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> and I've seen some, but not enough. <laughs> That's fair. All right, go for your number five. My number five is the classic Toy Story. Really? Uh, number five? That low, huh? Yeah, because I just like... I have fonder memories of uh, a bunch of other ones. I'm sorry. Um, But, I mean, it's classic. It's original. But it's not why it's on here. We actually were were talking about that before we started recording. About, like, a lot of people hold Toy Story in such high regard because it's, quote, the first. Which I, I think we both agree that's a stupid reason to be like, it's the best because it happened first. I'm like, well, okay, shut up. Um, I still really like it. Uh, the it just has a very fun. I've watched this movie so many goddamn times that it's just I it's iconic. Like the whole all the toys in it are just like okay. Now this might be a dumb question. What were Mr. was Mr. Potato Head a toy before Toy Story? I think he was. Yeah. Okay, that's crazy that they put him in this movie then. Yeah, at least I, I think so. I'm, I'm also not an expert, but I think so. I think he was. I mean, most of the other toys in it were like, other than like the dog, were like, okay, yeah, you could have a toy like this. They're not crazy specific. Yeah, I mean, the but, army um, men were definitely a toy long oh, yeah. before Toy Story. Well, and Rex is just a T-Rex <laughs> toy. Yeah. You know? The bank or the piggy bank is like, or what's his name? I don't remember their names. Ham. It's been too long. Ham. You know, a lot of people had little piggy banks. It's just a great movie. I still like it a lot. Sid is weird and creepy still, right? That was his name? Yeah. Yeah, but Pizza Planet, bro. Fuck yeah, Pizza Planet. Bro, I just gave the shittiest, like, review of Toy Story. <laughs> so you're welcome, but have it you, is my number five. Have you ever considered how weird it is, uh... You know, I, I, I want to say the story goes when Pixar was making Toy Story. They chose to make a, a, a story about toys because CG animation at the time, you know, what they could do with it just made more sense to use characters made of hard plastic because it just looked better on screen with the CG. That being said, I feel like if they just, like, made normal human characters but still used similar designs they used for the toys... It probably still would have been an okay movie, and I'm not really sure why all the human characters in that movie have to look like such goddamn nightmares. 
because they didn't know how to do it yet. Yeah, but That's they could have just, the just done it a little more stylized. I I'm I'm trying to think back because uh, the Ringer did Toy Story on the rewatchables at some point. I don't want to say recently because it was not recently, <laughs> but I remember them talking about this that specific point and why uh, humans just aren't in it. It was because they were like at the cutting edge of this is like CG people, and that's why they looked like absolute horrifying monsters. And why you just like never see anyone's faces in them? Yeah, uh, the uh, the dog too. Sid's dog was also pretty bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, not great. Um, so to coincide with that, actually, my number five is Toy Story Two. Oof. Okay. Uh, I do have quite a lot of reverence for Toy Story Two. Um, I remember, you know, I I didn't grow up with a whole lot of money. I wasn't like dirt poor. But I didn't really go on vacations. I didn't really get to go out much. I, I have left the state a grand total of twice in my entire life. But I remember when I was real young, my whole family, like grandparents, aunts and uncles, all of us, we went out to see Disney on Ice when they were doing Toy Story 2. <laughs> I would have rather seen that one. I saw Monsters, Inc. on Ice. <laughs> yeah, you know, that. I bet Toy Story 2 was a better show. Yeah, <laughs> Monsters Inc. on I, I I don't remember a goddamn thing of it. Just that it was shit. Except we got ices it went in cups that were of of the characters. That's the only thing I remember about it. Hell yeah. Uh, I I always point to Toy Story two as one of the perfect sequels, where it it takes all of the elements of the first movie and expands on all of them and never feels bloated. Never feels like it's overstepping. Never feels like it bit off more than it could chew. And also, like, really cemented the story as being Woody's. Because they could have gone any direction after Toy Story 1. Uh, but going the Woody's Roundup route and introducing a lot more toys. You know, such as when you get to the Alice Toy Barn and there's all the there's the Isle of Barbies and everything. That's really fun. And the doppelganger buzz situation. That's really fun. It's a really good movie, and frankly, the opening bit for that movie when Rex and Buzz are playing the Buzz Lightyear video game, that's a really cool sequence, and uh, it was also like a direct inspiration for what the Toy Story video games would be from there on, and I, I think the Toy Story games I've played were actually pretty fun, too. So I'm going to need I'm gonna need to just everyone to just, re, just keep what he just said put that in a bottle and then wait for me to say that exact same thing when I say that that Toy Story 2 is my number 1. Damn, damn. So, there we go. Now I don't have to try to do what I did for Toy Story for Toy Story 2. I can just use you as the voice for me as to why it is my favorite Pixar. Here's, movie. here's what I'll do. When we get to your number 1, and I'm not going to do this by the way, but here's what I'm going to do. When we get to your number 1, I'm gonna take that chunk of a minute long voice, and I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that out. And I'm gonna repaste it after you say Toy Story two. I'm gonna pitch my voice up like like two <laughs> two two points, and and we'll just pretend it was you. Everyone's gonna be like, oh, I feel like I heard this like fifteen <laughs> minutes ago. You would be right. <laughs> All right. So what's your number four? Um. Monsters Inc. is my number four. Okay. 
mostly just because it's another one where I've I watched this one a bajillion times. Very memey. I love I'm watching you, Wazowski. Love that. Love that slug. She's great. <laughs> love that um, slug. And it was just like I lo- I just you know, I'm not really good at describing why I like certain <laughs> Pixar movies. Um, mostly because I haven't seen any of them in a really long time. <laughs> and then haven't seen any of the ones in the last like decade. But um Hayden's a very particular kind of moviegoer. Ah, uh, it's just I don't know. I'm not I'm still struggling to be good at describing why I like movies. That's okay. Uh, we'll get there. Cause like I know what I like, and I just, like I have taste. As even though Chris tries to say I don't, I, I, <laughs> I most I most definitely do. But uh, when it comes to describing nuances of it, it's not my strong suit. But Monsters Inc. is my number four, and we're just gonna leave it at that. All right, my number four is Toy Story three. Oh, oh, you like death, huh? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yikes. Uh, I I think generally at least with like the pixar purists i'm kind of in my own camp where i think that the toy story series got better with every installment until toy story 4 i think toy story 3 is the best story in the toy story universe um and again it it's i don't see this that often but toy story 3 to me is the perfect sequel to the perfect sequel Cause like, oh my god! In that moment, Pixar just kept fucking nailing it. Like I, I, I feel like you know, in the time that you have not been watching Pixar, they've pumped out a lot of mid stuff, a lot, of, a lot of stuff that's not gonna blow audiences away. But uh, but man, man, Toy Story three, they took they took all the elements of Toy Story two after they had already blown it up, and now they were like, okay, so we're gonna have a bunch of fucking toys. We're going to have a bunch of fucking kids. And we're going to have these toys go across like five city blocks and then almost die. It's crazy. The the toys are having kids. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind (laughs) of. And then, and then what should have been a pretty beautiful bow on the Toy Story series that, you know, even people that think Toy Story one is the best Toy Story movie. That's okay. But, but like everyone teared up. At the very end of Toy Story 3. Because it was like, oh, we're saying goodbye to the toys. And like, yeah, we were. And Andy literally was. And then they made Toy Story 4 and just kind of shit all over it. Anyway. Yeah. I I, I, I should have kept Toy Story 3. If I had not done my, my jabate piss crisp off strat, Toy Story 3 would have been in my 6 or 7 slot. <laughs> I would have had all three Toy Stories in mind because I like all of them. You squandered it. You wasted it. Nope. I regret nothing. The bit was <laughs> worth it. All right. Fair enough. Number three. My number three is <gasps> The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Another one. I mean, I, again, it's all the ones I watch the most and like the most. And, I mean, this is 100% not on there because of all the adult content of The Incredibles. Nope. And it's actually not because I haven't looked up any of it because I'm not weird. Um, Mrs. Incredible got that thick ass. She got yeah, that she does. Pixar mom ass. Yeah, and Mr. Incredible has the tiniest legs for his upper body. It's just <laughs> ridiculous. But um, I like superheroes. <laughs> so One that's more can you yeah. Say? What more can I say? 
if you you didn't come to this episode for uh riveting insight from me so um yeah <laughs> you know a lot of people suck the dick off of the incredibles and i get it it's a good movie brad bird knows what he's doing it's a good time uh it's not anywhere in my top seven okay fuck you <laughs> um and and like i you know honestly i don't really know why it is i feel like maybe the incredibles just hit at the wrong time for me because i know it's a good movie and i know all the things it does it does really well and the idea of the superhero family is very cool especially for the time that it was made um obviously tremendously memeable and uh i'm gonna be honest syndrome is one of those characters that the older i get the more i relate yeah but see chris here's the issue is that you're talking shit about the incredibles when you're literally about to put a movie about a fucking cooking rat in your top three fuck yes i am bro (laughs) don't even fucking come at me i'm gonna need you to just chill (laughs) on the incredible slander i'm not slander it's a good movie when you're like, Ratatouille's so good. <laughs> okay, well, Ratatouille's not my number three. Um, and and my number three is actually what used to be my number one. Oh, my God. Ratatouille's your number two? Jesus Christ. Okay, <laughs> continue. Um, number three for me is Monsters, Inc. Oh, wow. Yeah. When, when... Okay, so now, now here, this is why I didn't give good <laughs> insight is so Chris can now give it. I, I like that that you you are constantly deciding that I give good insight when frankly I feel like I'm floundering half the time. Oh, you're so much better than what <laughs> I do. <laughs> so the the last time I did a Pixar top seven list, which granted was like five or six years ago, I put Monsters Inc as my number one, and uh, and it still holds a very dear place in my heart. But I've just come to appreciate some other movies more, and uh, and the movie that is my number one had just come out at the time, so I wasn't putting it on my list. Um, Monsters, Inc. is fucking incredible. I think it has... I don't know. I guess I can't say the best voice cast when Toy Story's main actors are literally Tim Allen and Tom Hanks. But John Goodman and Billy Crystal? Why Why haven't we gotten more of them? Like, like can I be real about that? Well, we just need more Billy Crystal in anything. But I think he's at the point of his life where he's like, fuck you, I'm not doing anything now. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. He's earned it. Billy Crystal's Let's- earned it. Honestly, same with John Goodman. Like, both of them are just like, no, we're old and we're done. (laughs) Um, Monsters, Inc. is one of those, like, quintessential movies that when I was a kid was, like, very, very initially really tugging at the heartstrings. Uh, Because Toy Story didn't have a whole lot of emotional payoff, I think, for Toy Story 1 and 2. Um, Toy Story 2, like, even leaned more into the action of it. It wasn't until... I mean, I guess I had that scene where they revealed Jesse's backstory, but that shit didn't really hit me when I was five, you know? Oh. I felt it. Okay, well, I mean, I'm a sociopath, so. Yeah. But you look back on it, and, like, at the end of Monsters, Inc., when, when they when they take over the scare facility and they turn into the laugh facility and he gets to see Boo again... That that's like that's pretty that's pretty like heart heart wrenching, especially before that when they shred the door, like wow wow man, and like the idea of the doors, the concepts of the entire world of Monsters Inc. It's a really cool world and something that I feel like if they did a proper sequel that wasn't a prequel, there's a lot to like really explore there in that world. 
I don't want to take away anything from what you just said, but I will have to put it on the record that it only took you one more year to be able to appreciate <laughs> sadness in a movie. I you, mean, that's assuming you, that when I was a child, I watched movies as they came out. I You can't tell me you didn't see Monsters, Inc. within a year of it coming out. So maybe two years, like still, like... I don't believe you that <laughs> the Jesse scene in Toy Story 2, you didn't feel something. Well, I guess, You had toys. Well, yeah, I guess I was going to say it could also be that I didn't really have toys. Oh. <laughs> At least, and, and what I mean by that is I didn't have action figures. I didn't have characters for toys. I had Legos and Tinker Toys and Lincoln Logs, that kind of thing. And I was on the video uh, game thing pretty early. Gotcha. Okay, okay. I will excuse your ignorance. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah, good movie. I I guess I I don't know if I really articulate a lot of positive points about Monsters Inc., but love that movie. Is it now my number two? Yeah. Wally. Oh my fucking you basic bitch. Okay, no, the only reason really why Wally's on here is because when it came out, I was like, I don't give two fucking shits to see this movie. It looks stupid, I'm not gonna like it, I don't wanna watch it. And then I went camping, and because I'm a bitch and don't like camping when I was a kid, I just sat in our camper and watched movies, and I watched Wally, and I was like, oh my fucking god, this movie's amazing. Um, So, that's why it is at number two. Mostly because it's one of the few... Pixar movies that I volunt I was at an age where I could like I want to watch this again and watched Wally like five times in two weeks. Um really good. Um I never thought they could make me care about a little robot. And then they did. And I just love seeing super fat people. <laughs> like if if we were actually going to be able to make it to a point where we would live that long totally what would happen but we're not so totally unrealistic and for that i should dock it points but i won't because it's still funny yeah you want to talk about movies that have uh really prescient narratives who boy yeah. yeah um wally is one of those movies for me that that didn't really click the way it seemed to with the rest of society at the time because i, I feel this disconnect with inside out up and wally um up is really the only one that'll push back on is like I really don't like that movie. But Wally and Inside Out are kind of just like I I didn't like it to the same degree that everyone else did. And it's probably for unfair reasons because I do like Wally. I do really like most of the characters in that movie. Honestly, the main thing I remember not liking about it is that sequence where they like go through the hair salon and they start picking up all of the other robots as they're trying to break out of the space station that felt really corporate involvementy, and they were like hey we need some action figures so draw up some more cute robots and just throw them in there and that kind of thing annoys really, me i don't really remember that scene that much so i can't refute that <laughs> <laughs> but i do remember um, kind of tearing up during the credit sequence because I, I really like the little animation they have during the credits and the song that plays. I feel like that was also the first one where uh, the first Pixar movie where they flexed their uh, 
art style the most because it's just also a very beautiful movie. Oh, for sure. Um, some of the scene scenery and set pieces they have in that are are really good and really well done. Uh, I, I think it's, I would say it's part of partially a turning point in the animation quality of what Pixar is able to do. Yeah, and ever since then, it it always feels to me that every movie Pixar puts out is like another holy shit, how did they do this in CG kind of moment. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd agree with that. Because um, especially, like, you know, frankly, some of the things in Lightyear, Lightyear is also a beautiful movie. Just absolutely stunning. No doubt about that. It's a, it's always interesting because it's like you could, Pixar is able to show what you can do in with CG, which I mean a lot of Hollywood shows it too. But you just have to have these crazy astronomical budgets to be able to pull it off to make it look good, which is why most anime when they do it, their CG is ass because they don't <laughs> have the budgets and time that are needed to polish it. Um, but yeah, it's always that. That's one thing I think I do give Pixar a lot of credit is just how well they're able to utilize CG for animation. Okay. Um, are you ready for me to get emotional? About fucking Ratatouille? Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah, it's the rat. Okay, bro. Okay, here, here's the only thing I'm going to say first. Have you had Ratatouille? No. Yeah, that's why I don't like the movie. Because there's no fucking person alive. There's no fucking person alive that could have ratatouille that tastes so fucking good that you remember being a child in your mom's house. Because it's just, just not that good. Hayden, they're all French. Fuck them. Every sing- it takes place in France. Okay. Ratatouille's overrated. <laughs> Or maybe it's properly rated, because I still don't even think it's that good. I can't tell if you're talking about the food of the movie anymore. You, I, you, we can't? Or what, huh? What? What'd you say? I can't tell if you're talking about the food or the movie anymore. Oh, just the food. Okay. Oh, the movie's fine. I just, that last scene, I'm like, fuck this. There's no way you can eat something with eggplant and tomato and be like, bro, this is, like, sex. And I was just like, <laughs> unrealistic. You've turned me off. Okay, well, um, that that scene in particular is kind of the linchpin of what I love about the movie so much. So, <laughs> I know. That's why I was like, bro, fuck off. <laughs> so, I mean, obviously, it's less about the food itself and more about the reflection on life and having that much of a deep connection to something so early in your childhood. Um, Ratatouille at its core for every single one of those characters is a movie about finding and following your passions, which is something that I'm not going to pretend that I'm a unique case in struggling to find because in this unique nightmare that is America, we're not allowed to do things like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and in particular, like in the last few years, you know, and, and again, I, I feel almost hypocritical talking about any of this because I'm not trying to say I'm a particular case or I'm experiencing a unique revelation. But in the last few years, I have felt myself getting particularly nostalgic for my childhood. And and in my case, that normally manifests as a nostalgia for the early Internet. 
Um, but that kind of like brick wall really slap you in the face with the intense nostalgia is a feeling that I am intimately familiar with. And it's a feeling that is as inherently crushing as it is uplifting. Because in, in the review that Anton writes at the end of the movie, he really lays it out on the table and it feels like, you know, yes, this food reminded me of, of, my, of my childhood and a simpler time with mother's love and everything was okay in the world, but it also comes with the realization that you can never go back and things, even if things are there to remind you of how they were, they will never be that good again and you don't really have a choice in the face of the latent cosmic horror of the marching of time that everything is going to dull as you get older. Yeah, but, I mean, Ratatouille's not going to make you feel that. <laughs> I can't get away from it, I'm sorry. <laughs> I just can't. And aside from that, it's a really fun movie. The rat pulls on the hair and he cooks. <laughs> God. What? What was it? Oh, was it, it was in fucking Free... Was it in Free Guy? They did a, a spoof on that? They did it in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, that's what it was. Okay. A fucking Free Guy. I gave Free Guy credit for that? <laughs> Fuck me. Um, they did Rakakuni. Yeah, that was one of the weirdest things of that entire movie. That that was just weird. But, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I always enjoyed the movie, but I... it. I'm just like it was decent. I don't know. That's fair. I thought I thought it was on like the same level as the first cars, which I feel like everybody shits on the first cars. And I'm like, first cars is pretty good. It's a perfectly serviceable movie. Yeah. So, to my number one, then as we I said already, it's Toy Story two. Some of the highlights of what Chris said, I do think it is the perfect sequel. It just did everything the first one did better. Um. I don't think I'm necessarily in agreement that Toy Story 3 is even better than Toy Story 2. I just liked some of the ass, but that's more like nitpicking of preference stuff. I just liked some of the story aspects. And the the what's-her-face scene actually made me feel things because I have a heart. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um not too much more than what Chris already said about Toy Story 2, but it's just my favorite. I, I, that was one surprisingly watched. I watched a lot of, a lot more than I thought it would because, you know, Toy Story was there. But I think it's also just the animation quality in Toy Story 2 from Toy Story, which it's not even that long of a different, like, it's, it wasn't that many years difference. And Toy Story 2 just looks so much better than what Toy Story did. Uh, but yeah, the story is yeah, big fan. So it is my number one favorite Pixar movie. Hell yeah. And uh and yeah, actually I wow, that is actually incredible. So the the first three movies Pixar made, Toy Story, A Bug's Life, Toy Story Two. Yeah. It was it was literally a four years difference between Toy Story and Toy Story Two. And boy, does it feel like a lot more time passed with the animation like they figured out how to animate people kind of <laughs> yeah toy story 2 visually holds up significantly better than toy story 1 does yeah they they figured it out fast 
Cause, cause after that, I mean, like, I mean, even out the gate, Pixar was only putting out bangers. But after Toy Story two, you had Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, The Incredibles, Cars, Ratatouille, and then Wall-E. Damn, I love how you stopped it up because you don't think it's that good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I've kind of come around to that. That was the I mean, I, was ne- I was never crazy about up. Uh, it's just everyone loves that opening scene, and then the rest of it, the movie is just kind of weird. Yes. And I want to, and I want to talk about that after I talk about my number one. Well, hurry up, because we are running a lot longer than I thought we would talking about Pixar movies. Yeah. Uh, so my number one is Coco, and uh, what? I had no idea. <laughs> I don't have the same kind of uh, emotional connection to Coco that I do with Ratatouille because Coco is all about. Um, you know, it's it's set during Dia de los Muertos, so it's 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 all about familial bonds, pretty much, and like you know, figuring out who you are in relation to your family and how much you value those connections. And that shit kind of doesn't matter to me, because my my platonic relationships have always been significantly more important than my familial ones. So I really don't connect on that level, especially as it pertains to grandparents. I, you know, I kind of don't give a shit. I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of a heartless dickhead that way. But, um, but Coco is a fucking magical movie. From beginning to end, it is like, for not being a Disney movie, it's like the quintessential Disney experience. It's beautiful to look at, and it whisks you away on a guitar chord of, 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 of harmonic, like resonating with the universe shit. It's, it's fucking amazing. All of the songs are beautiful, and since it's, like, a half-Spanish-speaking movie, I mean, I, I, don't think, I don't think they actually say that much Spanish in the movie itself, but there is a Spanish dub for the movie that is, like, possibly better than the English dub because it's steeped in Mexican culture like that. And just, like, everything from the world design to the character design to the composition of the music to the weird Frida Kahlo cameo. Um, <laughs> fucking incredible movie. Holy shit. Nice. I'll watch it someday. Please make it soon. Owe it, you owe it to yourself to watch good movies, Hayden. I do want... I resent that. <laughs> I'm not saying you I, don't. I'm just saying you deserve to watch good movies. Yeah, I as I okay, but Chris, do I do I catch up on the boys or watch Coco? Well, watch Coco first and then catch up on the boys. Ah, oh, God, you make it hard. What? <laughs> okay, what if what if I what if I told you that uh, Coco's runtime is an hour and five minutes? An hour and five minutes, I'm in. Yeah, it's not not but even it's two not. hours. But it's going to be at least an hour and a half, not no, an hour I've, and five. I'm looking at it on the Wikipedia page. It's an hour and five minutes long. It's 65 minutes? Or, I'm sorry, not an hour and five. It's 105. Yeah, that's like an hour 40. <laughs> sorry, I'm brain dead. It's an hour, it's okay. it's an hour uh, 45. I will, I will watch it soon-ish. Um. <laughs> But, yeah, those are our top seven lists for Pixar movies. Neither of us had Finding Nemo on there, and I'm glad. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I feel like at this point Finding Nemo is a little overrated. Yes. 
I, I, I don't even have anything else to say. Just yes. Yeah, I got. I, I did love fighting Nemo as a kid because who didn't? But like because uh, of that, I'm kind of I'm kind of burnt <laughs> out on fish. You know, like I didn't yeah. even see Finding Dory. Fish are food. What are we talking about? Yeah, sushi's great. Yeah, I, I have not seen Finding Dory. I I mean I well we won't get into the only other the only two that I have seen. So I guess I haven't said that post. What was it? Cars 2 are The Incredibles 2 and Soul. So I got I got some work to do on the Pixar movies. Yeah, that's okay. Um can I say a quick thing about two other movies? Yeah. Um I just want to say that Up is uh <laughs> outside of those first 5 minutes, it's a mid as fuck movie, like a 6 out of 10. I'm not into the fantastic voyage thing. I didn't like the fucking birds. I don't understand why balloons tied to a house is so goddamn magical. And I feel like a lot of people forgive the rest of the movie because of those first five minutes. Because anytime I try to talk about it up to anybody, they're just like, oh, but that intro. And I'm like, yeah, it is really good. But like an Emmy award winning five minutes doesn't make a good two hour movie. Damn, Sean Finnessy, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I want to so talk about. You guys should. You guys, you should ask to be on a podcast with him and just talk about how mid up is. <laughs> just talk shit about fucking Carl or whatever his name was with his goddamn cube head. Yeah, so like most people's favorite, a lot of people's favorite Pixar movie, and you're just like, it's not that good. Stop having it be your favorite. <laughs> Stop liking the things that you like. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you boil down my opinion like that? <laughs> I don't care how accurate it is. Have you seen Cars three? I haven't, and I and I feel like I should. I've heard it's actually not bad. Yeah, I kind of want to. That's one I want to watch. I thought I would want to see Luca more, but I'm like, isn't this just like kind of a riff on Ponyo? Maybe. Oh, we don't know because neither of us <laughs> see it. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the other one I want to mention is Soul. Uh, because I, I feel like I do like Soul a lot. The things that Soul does well, I like tremendously. But the movie is killed by 70% of the movie being Freaky Friday with a cat. Yeah, and and we, we went into that with a lot of detail when we talked about well shit didn't we have like a whole episode probably our, our, our main our main segment was talking about soul at one point listen to our soul and episode I, in the archives and uh i yeah we were both in agreement i i would have been in my top seven easy if there was less of that because that just kind of like completely took you out of where i thought the whole like idea that the movie was trying to get across it made it like too too childish when it was like okay pixar is trying to flex and be like we can make a literal movie for adults but also still make it for kids and then they're like nah actually it's still for kids yeah and when you put it like that it kind of feels like the same kind of slap in the face promise of Lightyear, where like yeah everything about the trailers and everything they showed about soul was like yes this is a mature story that is going to be family friendly but we are making it for the people that can appreciate what we're trying to tell them here. And, uh, and then, yeah. and then, yeah, they, they threw the fucking cat in and it was like, all right, guys, what are we doing? Yeah. I will say that, 
um, you know, light spoilers for Soul, I guess. There's a point near the end of the movie where he gets out of the body of the cat and he's reflecting on his journey that he went on through the movie. And he sits down at his piano and he and he gets really into the groove on playing a song. And 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 visually what is happening while he is playing on that piano is some of the most beautiful imagery I have ever seen put on the screen. It is fucking astounding. And because of that, it is disappointing that it happened in Seoul the way that they did it. Yeah. Like, the shots of zooming out of his apartment to see the city, to see the country, to see the world, and zooming out far enough that you just see the universe itself is such a powerful metaphor for everything they're trying to do in the movie that it makes everything else feel so much more cheapened by Freaky Friday with a cat. Yeah. It yeah. I that was just just a weird and that's another one where none of the uh marketing for it really gave that away. And then so you're just like, oh, you just showed us the parts we all really wanted to watch. And we're left with this. <laughs> yeah, I think I uh that was like near to the start of the pandemic so it was one of the first things that disney put up on their streaming service that was like yes we're just putting this on here for free and you can watch it and so i'm pretty sure i watched it the day they put it up on disney plus and the whole time i was like okay but they're gonna get out of the cat right they're not they're not getting out of the cat it's been an hour yeah yeah it was it, it wasn't great <laughs> okay well i think that's gonna do it for this episode we did it we ranked them. yes a quick shout out. Uh, Summer's Summer Games Done Quick is currently going on, and you should all check it out because it's always cool to watch. Donate if you can. Um, it's always amazing to me how much money they're able to raise for whatever charitable source they're doing. And they just showed something that was available as one of the prizes you could get by like hitting a certain donation level. Did you know? Did you ever play Tie the Tasmanian Tiger? Yeah, Ties has many tiger. Yeah, you can win the HD remake of it on the Switch, which I didn't even know they fucking made, and now I'm about <laughs> to just go buy that on my Switch. Yeah, that was a real stealth release. I, I, I don't, I don't know if I heard about it when it was coming out, but I was also like, wait, wait, they did that? Why? Yeah, the second one is like low key awesome. <laughs> the the sequel was so good. Third one sucked. It wasn't that good at all. Oof. Um. Actually, I think I fucking confused that Jimmy Neutron game with the subtitle of <laughs> the third Tide of Tasmanian title, Tiger game. Weird. Okay, whatever. But anyway, check out GDQ. Uh, Speedrunning's pretty cool, although neither of us are really into it. We still appreciate the shit out of it, and I think we should shout it out because it's the first time in, what, since 2019 that they've done it in person? Yeah. Yeah, check that out. And then I'll let Chris take away the ending. Uh, I do want to say, though, if you go to the Yeti.com and look at their official SGDQ merch, um, it's all based off of Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, you must be creaming your jeans. It's the year of Sonic, bro. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm rolling high right now. <laughs> uh, well, Oh, I know. <laughs> if you like this episode, 
Uh, write us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Tell a friend. Send it to your friends. Just like, you know, like in one of those old spam email chains that your mom's going to die in five days if you don't forward it. Tell five friends about the show. They don't even have to listen to it, but just let them know the name. Then go follow us on Twitter. Tell your friends to go follow us on Twitter. And then come back in two weeks when we do another episode. Or come back in one week for Hayden's anime recap, if that's your thing. And Hell yeah. If we get 100 followers, I'll dox myself. <laughs> I don't know why that should be an incentive, but you heard it here. All right, that's good to do it. We'll catch you in a fortnight. See you then. Goodbye. Goodbye.